Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to a mini-episode of Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me to bridge the gap between the... The Minisode and Black Panther are Sir Patrick and James Hunt. Um, so we, we basically enough news has come up on our radar in the past week that we thought, even though you're not going to have to wait too long for our Black Panther episode, we would, you know, we'd we'd convene to to, to talk some well, like just like three trailers, a couple of decent pieces of news from this past week, and um, um, and, be, and p- apart from James, uh, we're not London movie metropolitan elite anymore um so you and i have not yet seen black panther because we have to wait until it actually comes into ordinary cinemas no. rather than getting i believe fancy screens i believe amon has seen it six times by now is that correct wow. he definitely i know when i saw it he had two more showings planned in the next two days i was actually i i i saw him tweet just as he was going in and I tweeted at him to say how excited for him I was, and I was watching for his first post-viewing tweet afterwards as well. <laughs> uh, it was lovely. Anyway, so hope- hopefully we like the movie as much as the rest of the universe seems to have liked it. Um, but that episode will be coming next week. Seb, do you know when you've seen the movie yet? Uh, I don't know, uh, because the problem with it coming out this week is that it's coming out on Valentine's Day. Um, and I, I, you know, my wife might quite want to see it, but I, you know, if we ha- we have limited babysitter uh, windows of opportunity. Um, I mean, Fifty Shades Freed is out this week as well, right? So. Oh yeah, you say that every, every time an advert for that comes on the TV, Joe jokes about wanting to go to see it this week. So we might end up doing that. <laughs> my favourite joke is it's pronounced 3D. <laughs> wow, wow! I actually can't wait. I'm seeing it on Tuesday, so that will. Um, That'll be great when we actually get to bring you our thoughts on that, but it will be at some point next week. Um, but this week, news, mini-sode news. Um, and I think we'll start off with the trailer, which left us with the most to talk about, um, <laughs> which was Deadpool. So we got the first Deadpool 2 trailer, which kind Before, of... Actually, you say that. Well, what we got the trailer for was the untitled Deadpool sequel. Which, as far as I can see, still still seems to be the closest thing that that film has to an official title. It's not called Deadpool 2. The video on YouTube is not called Deadpool 2 trailer. It's called Deadpool Meet Cable. The name of the film does not appear anywhere in the trailer. The film officially does not have a title, and I think it's going to be released under the title Untitled Deadpool Sequel. I honestly think that that would be... 
That'd be really funny. Or, I mean, as as this trailer, like, potentially hints towards it in a couple of moments, it's just called Deadpool colon X-Force or something like that. It'll probably it, be called but, Cable and, uh, Deadpool and Cable, right? Mm. Deadpool versus Cable, something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fun, though. That's uh, I, I like that you spotted that, Seb, because I've just assumed that it's Deadpool 2. Um, okay, so untitled Deadpool sequel trailer, Deadpool meets Cable. Um yeah, kind of everything that we've grown to expect from marketing for a Deadpool movie in that it is half an actual trailer and half a meta joke about the movie itself. <laughs> it's a it's a really great trailer. I mean, the thing about Deadpool is it's always going to walk this line of at some point it's going to be too pleased with itself and and the joke might yeah. fall flat but deadpool has got itself in in as a franchise has got itself in this position that's that's both good and bad um which is that if it makes you laugh it can get away with anything but it, the moment it stops making you laugh the whole thing will fall apart i mean that, but this that trailer last made teaser me laugh. was a bit the wrong side of that line wasn't it Whereas a little like, bit. the um the one where he was doing the art uh no where he was the one where he was changing in the alley or whatever changing well that was the... that was that was the first one yeah, yeah. which i didn't like oh, the so last much. one was the, the second... bob ross painting one yeah. yeah which i thought was which i thought was better but i mm. think this was the strongest this this, this was excellent because so this, this this exactly picked up the the tone of the first one it did that thing of <laughs> when when we talked about the ant-man trailer about um, you know, uh, just telling you that there's more of the same, and it does, but it really does get across what the new element is. And I really like the way, you know, it plays every cable shot so straight, mm-hmm. and then every time it cuts the Deadpool, it's a joke. And it's basically taking what they did with Colossus in the first film and just <laughs> yeah. ramping that up. And I feel like that is how the whole film is going to play out: is that Cable is just going to be played deadly seriously and then just constantly punctured the thing i liked about it was that they did like proper comics cable like he is a mm. like soldier of fortune from the future pretty like, much the only thing they've done arm. is take away the the kind of x-men um family connection stuff haven't they, well, they yeah they've kept as the far as of... we know <laughs> yeah and they'll probably they'll probably joke about it i would they? not be surprised to see some jokes about that turn up yeah yeah well i mean the there was on the very first teaser, wasn't there? there? Was like a Hope Summers piece of graffiti on it on, mm-hmm. and he is carrying a teddy bear, which mm. you know does this suggest that he has been separated from a baby that he was looking after? I think the teddy bear will be the thing that he was sent to the future with. <laughs> oh, and do you know what? I I would be very surprised if there isn't a joke at some point about whether he is Sophie Turner's daughter, uh, son or uh, <laughs> Famke Anson's. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I came away from this trailer, because the, the, the stuff that I expected was the meta humour, loved the Toy Story gag, that's great. The moustache um, joke. Yes, all, <laughs> all very strong. Um, but this movie looks like it's got a budget, which the first movie definitely did not. <laughs> and again, I'm sure that's something that you can have great fun poking at in the movie. Hey, you gave us some money to make this this time. Oh, look, here are some more mutants, which we weren't allowed to feature the last time. Um, but also, I, I mean, there was something a little bit disappointing about the first Deadpool movie where, like, as I, I think, as we've said before, we kind of really loved all the Wade and Vanessa stuff. And then 
some of the action sequences really worked. And then at the end, it's like, okay, and now we're going to stand on this like 2D video game <laughs> Sega Genesis building and have a bit of a scrap at the end of the movie. And, <laughs> and that's it, because that's really all we can do. This looked like it had some money. Yep. And it looked like it had some scale. It's almost um, like and- the first one was massively successful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and, and I kind of loved all of the like the glimpses of you know the other the other cast members um big news terry cruz is in this movie you guys yeah (laughs) that's that's awesome i mean i always like me a bit of terry cruz um and that was just something that i don't think anyone knew anything about and it looks like he's on some kind of team with deadpool some kind of some kind of force, you might say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's in that shot there's Terry Crews, there is um there's Azy Beats Domino character, there's Deadpool, and then there's a guy over their shoulder who I couldn't quite make out, but I saw some people online saying that it might be Shatterstar. Is that a, oh, is that yeah. a mutant James who you are familiar with? You know, I hadn't actually seen that guy in the background, but looking at the headgear, yeah. It, like 100% Shatterstar <laughs> headgear. What is a Shatterstar, James? Shatterstar is a character from the future of the Mojoverse who was bred to be a gladiator and he has swords that are like double swords. Wait, can we can we can we can we skip skip back a little bit? Explain to me something that I don't understand. What the fuck's a Mojoverse? The Mojo Okay, Mojo <laughs> is a satirical character created for the X-Men who he was like a, a stand-in for Marvel's corporate owners at the time. And he lives in a dimension where he only wants comic characters to be entertainment. Um, wow. So that is, I mean, is is Deadpool set in the Mojoverse? No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Shatterstar is from the future in the Mojoverse. The thing about, okay. about Shatterstar is, in, in the comics, you know how Cable is the most stereotypically Rob Liefeld-looking character. Yeah. He isn't. Shatterstar is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have He's to got a ponytail. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> the, I mean, it oh. is, it's the double oh, wow, swords yeah. and headgear that's the problem. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover of a comic here, which is X4 Shatterstar, and it has Cable and Shatterstar on it. There you go. And wow, that is yeah. a, that's a thing. Um, it's it's fun that this movie, whilst being absolute nonsense, seems like it has lots of like nerdy Marvel stuff in there mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been made in a lab to to please us. Can he? Could so all all of this? I mean, they, it was a fantastic trailer and a fantastic bit of piece of marketing. And I do think this film looks like a, a lot of fun. Not to pour a bucket of cold water over it, but do we? Do we feel slightly uneasy about this film with the twin things of one? It's still got T.J. Miller in it. You know, he hasn't been Kevin Spacey'd. And two, um, the death of the stunt woman in what seem like potentially negligent circumstances. Uh, Does the that death cast the, a power the, over this film? The death of the stunt woman, I think, um, is something that has bothered me for a while. Um, and I tweeted about this a while back, but the, the kind of reports coming out specifically kind of criticised the producers, mm. saying, you know, like this was something that happened on set because the producers were negligent and didn't 
and and basically didn't do their job to ensure the safety of this um of this stunt woman and, and i forget her name but i think uh, uh joy harris it. joy harris yeah and i did i did mention this in a previous uh minisode I don't think it should be overlooked that the producers on this movie are Simon Kinberg, Ryan Reynolds, and Lauren Shula Donna. You know, these aren't like anonymous faces. Mm. These are people that that we absolutely know who they are, and it doesn't feel like anyone has really acknowledged it. Like I remember the week that it happened, that the the only kind of talk coming out of the movie was Josh Brolin giving some interview, kind of like talking up how badass Cable was going to be, and. Yeah, I I kind of think that for me, um, that for me it really does put a bit of a shadow over this. Um, in a similar way to the death of the stunt person on The Walking Dead. I mean, I don't watch that, but um, you know, I think it's I think it's something that Hollywood is going to have to start <laughs> I mean, talking about a bit. There's more no seriously. movie good enough for someone to die, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, no. and I mean, I'm you know, I, I'm not saying because, especially because you know, the, you know, this this is not something that has been, as far as I'm aware, has actually gone as far as being fully investigated and and gone to court or anything. So I'm not necessarily saying, oh, Deadpool two should have been halted and not made. But if you look at uh, what was the name of the film, Midnight Rider, um, yeah. you know, that that film, you know, that it, that film was not considered too important to still exist. After I, somebody I is, died filming due to the negligence of the director, not there that is this a was distinction here. Director, but you know, no, I know it's it's different circumstances. It's you know, they were but, they were actually breaking the law on Midnight Rider. And yeah, I know it was. Of, I mean, it's a yeah, horrendous it was, story that you know. It's, yeah. yeah, but just I mean, that's an extreme example. But as you say, it's I think more than anything, it's the fact that it hasn't really been acknowledged very much, and that suggests to me that their consciences aren't a hundred percent clean on it. You know. They haven't yeah. been able to sort of come out and really talk about it, and it's like, well, you know, why is that? Uh, and that's that's troubling, I think. Yeah, the the TJ Miller side of things. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a you I, know, it's accusations, isn't it? So it's you yeah. know, how far do you I mean, sort of? But yeah, I think I think with TJ Miller, I think the the difference with the accusations against him to some of the other people. I mean, you know, yeah, he's, who, he's not Kevin Spacey, but I mean, no, again, I no, was but what, a, a, a what I was comparison to an extreme example there, but no, but what yeah. what I was going to say is, I think that he is someone who, before those acumen, ac- those accusations came out, we all knew was a complete and utter arsehole. Like, there's there's nothing about T.J. Miller's persona that tries to hide what a douchebag he is. You know, mm. like even even when I found him hilarious in something like Silicon Valley, everything that you hear about that guy makes him sound like a bad person. The thing that I always think with TJ Miller is that if he was, like, born two or three decades earlier, he would be, like, up there with Chevy Chase as one of the big comedy icons of his era. Um, When we kind of accepted that behaviour and the kind of the rough side of things that came with it, Um, unfortunately for him, (laughs) he's, he's not a comic in that era and he has to be responsible for the things he says and does and uh yeah i kind of i i think i i have spent a long time watching tj miller thinking this isn't a great guy but i do kind of find him funny on screen it's tough isn't it because like if you if you plan to boycott every movie that's got anyone Hmm. involved in sexual misconduct sort of involved it's it's going to be a increasingly 
barren landscape. For me, there was there was already a sh- there was already a Paul cast over T.J. Miller in any movie I watched. This only really amplifies that. And yes, uh, James, I completely agree. I wouldn't. You I can't. You can't take a hard line, can you? I think there are a few pieces of art that I would be willing to boycott, but also those pieces of art then do come with you know that that thought or that feeling on top of it of i am now processing you differently in my brain because of the things that i know out, outside of just this piece yeah of art. i mean also i kind of think i wouldn't pay to see tj miller live but if he's in a movie that i would watch anyway i'm not going to not watch it because he's yeah. in it sorry i brought that one down a bit i know it was just i was sort of I think it was just because up to this point I haven't talked about Deadpool 2 in a really kind of effusive praise kind of way and that trailer was very positive and I do just feel that, you know, ignoring, being massively positive about it while ignoring that stuff is, you know. Yeah, no, and I think my personal approach is the best thing to do is to talk about it. Yeah, acknowledge it. So you can can watch something like this, uh, you can watch a movie like Deadpool 2 and enjoy it but as long as you don't let the people, you know, who are responsible for doing shitty things get away with that. If when Deadpool 2 comes out, everyone watches it, but we also talk about the fact that a stunt woman was killed filming the movie and it doesn't feel like there's been anything done about that. You know, that's that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of how the Me Too movement got kicked off as people started talking about stuff. Um and so that's 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 certainly my approach to it. Um, but yeah, trailer looks cool, I guess. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um, let's finish. Final note on Deadpool, on untitled Deadpool sequel. Uh, Julian Dennison turning up was... Uh, we, knew was <laughs> we knew he was in it. But look, I, I'm I'm intrigued by who he's playing. He's got like some kind of weird say, he's collar wearing, around his neck. He's wearing an inhibitor collar. Yeah. Is the technical term. Which means he's a mutant whose powers have been suppressed. Oh. Do you think he's come from the future as well? Maybe he's friends with Laura. No. <laughs> I mean, so he's... I, there's no obvious character who he looks like in that design. So I imagine he's just playing uh, an original character who is as much like his other characters as he is. Cool. Uh, and Zazie Beats' Domino looks fucking rad, and that is probably the thing yeah. I'm most excited about yep. seeing in the movie. Uh, and, and also, it's nice that Marina Bakarin like it's, got it's a in shot the... in this trailer. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's still in the movie, and I hope this is not like I, I hope she doesn't just get waved away, and she is still like a significant part of the film because she might have been the best thing about the first one. It's hopefully just the case that she's not involved in this story, but that she's still there. You know, she's she's still around, and they are still a couple. It's just that what's going on in this story doesn't affect her, so she's not. There's not a need for her to be around. I still don't know why you would minimise her role in the film if that was the case, but yeah. Okay, let's move on to uh, a trailer where, which there is a lot <laughs> less to talk about. Uh, we got our first look at Venom. <laughs> did, um, we? did we? Did we really? <laughs> <laughs> we got to look at something. Uh, we got we got I, our first look at the Venom logo. <laughs> I teed you up there, boys. Um, 
Um, yeah, so a, like a 90 second trailer yep. for Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock in a movie that is called Venom. Right. Um, there is a brief <laughs> shot in the trailer of Riz Ahmed stood over like a little containment tube that looks like it's got something like the Venom, like the symbiote in it. But that's it. Can I, I actually, I've written down everything that happens in this trailer for <laughs> Sony's next big comic book adaptation. Okay. So let me run through this with you and then, then we can talk about all the kind of really significant details and, and. Um, little nods and you know bits of bits of comic lore that that we see in this trailer. Okay, so so this is everything that happens in this trailer. Okay, so Tom Hardy goes into an MRI machine while some people watch. Um, there's a shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. Tom Hardy walks down a street wearing a hoodie. Tom Hardy walks into a shop wearing a leather jacket. Michelle Williams looks distressed. Tom Hardy stands in a poorly lit room full of medical equipment. Somebody lifts a sheet of plastic covering off a table, possibly a table of medical implements, it's not clear. A large number of emergency vehicles surround some lights in a field. There's a shot of some unidentified wreckage in what is presumably the same field. Tom Hardy wakes up on a hospital stretcher. A car and an armoured vehicle drive through the rain. A man, who I didn't actually realise was Riz Ahmed, uh, but evidently is, um, (laughs) now that you've said it, opens a cupboard to reveal some animated black goo in a tube. Tom Hardy looks shifty on the street. Tom Hardy rides a motorbike through two crashing cars. A man in a white coat responds to an emergency in a scientific or medical lab. Tom Hardy runs through a forest. A man, possibly Tom Hardy, falls in a lake. Tom Hardy turns around and pushes his hand towards persons or objects unseen. A group of people in an office are flung backwards, possibly by kinetic energy, implying that it's possibly a result of what we've just seen Tom Hardy do, although that's probably just editing two different scenes together. (laughs) A crashing vehicle flips over. A man in a white coat looks perturbed. Tom Hardy wakes up on a hospital stretcher for the second time and screams, and a title card tells us that this is apparently a movie based on the popular <laughs> Spider-Man anti-hero, Venom. Shall I tell you the thing that cracked me up most about that trailer? Is that there's that big voiceover, and it ends on the words, words we all have our demons or something. And it's like, <laughs> surely if you're going to do that, the words you want to end on is Venom. Right? <laughs> Just a thought? It's just so... I mean, literally, if you, if you cut the, the shot of the black goo in the tube out of the trailer, it would have no resemblance or connection to anything you might recognise as Venom. I, I liked the I liked the thing you retweeted, Seb, that was like, oh, it yeah. looks like someone cut together a fan trailer for Venom from <laughs> other, Tom, other Hardy Tom Hardy movies. Because I think I what, what helps with that is those two successive shots of him wearing different outfits, but yeah. both both shot from behind, <laughs> but wearing two different outfits in two different places. Mm-hmm. I, just, um, it, I don't understand why Sony felt the need to put this out into yeah. the world, because it doesn't, like... Even, I, I can understand... Do, putting out a trailer for a movie and not showing your superhero or villain as the case may be. I I can get that in the same way that you can release a horror movie or a monster movie without showing, you know, the big draw. You can show, you can do a Godzilla trailer and not have like a full shot of Godzilla in it. I think it depends on the character though, because I think with, I think with Venom, you need to tell the general movie going audience that this has something anything to do with Spider-Man. Well, I I can <laughs> I can see that I can see that wait until later. I just I just, mm. I just no, think, I think yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the one thing that this trailer had to do 
if it wasn't going to show Venom, was show you an exciting movie that you were mm. looking forward to see whether or not it was a Venom movie or not. So think back to when people thought that Life was a Venom prequel because <laughs> it had black goop in space. Like that movie didn't, that the trailers, that movie didn't really show you anything, but it had, it had all this lineup of stars. It had all of this space adventure and it had, um, like set pieces and like exciting things happening. Nothing's fucking happening in this trailer. <laughs> yeah. there, there, there's no suggestion of what the plot of the movie is other than Tom Hardy is a man who has some demons. Mm. Um, and basically, this is a 90-second trailer that tells you Tom Hardy is, a, is in a movie coming out later in the year. Yeah. And, and they could have, I've seen they could some have achieved. Tom Hardy movies. That's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> they, everything that this trailer tells you, with the possible exception of the fact that Michelle Williams is in it, because I can't remember if I knew that, although I think I possibly did, but I think I forgot it until I saw the trailer. <laughs> and admittedly, that is something that makes me marginally more interested in the film. But You did say, because I was like, I was trying to use that as a reason why. Why would Michelle Williams sign up for this movie? Like she, yeah. she, she doesn't have to do this movie. She doesn't even want to get paid for her all the money in the world resheet. So she's certainly not doing yeah. it for the cash. Um, but basically, everything that this film tells you could have been achieved by only having that one shot of Tom Hardy screaming at the end, and then cutting to the Venom face thing that they cut to at the end. <laughs> the preceding yeah. ninety seconds are completely irrelevant because. They don't tell you anything about the character. They don't tell you anything about the story. They don't tell you what this is. And it's not even one of those things. You know, sometimes you get those trailers for comic booky superhero type movies that... Well, actually, the Deadpool trailer does it. If you don't know what or who Cable is, then that trailer opens looking like a generic sci-fi action film before then <laughs> revealing like that it's actually sequel. Deadpool. Did I say Daredevil just then, or did I actually say Daredevil? <laughs> I feel like I might have said Daredevil again. Continuing a long-standing anyway. trait. Um, Listeners pressing the skip back 15 <laughs> second button. But yeah, you know, that happens sometimes where you get those... Tra- I think back original Spider-Man trailer, the wonderful original Spider-Man World Trade Center trailer mm-hmm. that looks like a generic heist movie, and then suddenly at the end Spider-Man turns up. So that in itself is not unusual but this trailer doesn't do that because it doesn't give you that bit at the end that says hey this is an exciting awesome comic book movie what you get is something that looks like a generic horror film until the end yeah the only thing that i wonder is are they uh, are they trying to hold back on revealing it's a like that it's venom because either the character is gonna look like they've got a new character design for Venom and it's moving away from the classic design or whether they're trying to go, Oh God, last time we showed Venom on screen, it really <laughs> wasn't well received. And in either of those cases, I would go, well, why make a Venom movie? Yeah, I was going to say that Yeah, no, <laughs> neither of those. Yeah. It, it, you've, if you're going to do this, you've got to have the confidence in what you're doing with the character, yeah. whether that's doing Venom as he should be or, or doing a new, or, you know, doing something like it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up looking more like the Flash Thompson version um, in terms of how he's actually realized as Venom. But um, so I don't know if you guys have been, I, I've seen a couple of things that have come up out of the filming of this movie and uh, there are rumours that Tom Holland was on set and that he would be turning up as Peter Parker but not as Spider-Man so I mean we'll see what, whether that happens or not or, or what that means I mean frankly I'm, I'm not sure I really care but um, the, the other thing was that it seems like this movie had a real fast shoot and also that like so it finished shooting 
late January, and it's coming out in October, which is a you know that's a fast turnaround to do all your post production on a movie that you know the heroes or the villain is Venom, the main character is Venom. So when you show him, that's going to require quite a lot of CG post production work. <laughs> it feels like a very tight turnaround, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know. Like I, I'm kind of expecting at this point this movie to be a little bit experimental and different, which which is why I'm so confused by such a generic trailer. Well, like, why just why put out the trailer? I don't understand. That's what I don't understand. Like, there's nothing in this trailer that improve. Like, the literally yeah. the day before, right? They put out that poster, which was essentially Venom's face and the Venom logo, and it was like the the trailer That's does nothing people. more than that. If anything. Yeah it makes you a lot less interested than the poster did. Yeah. And we're seven, eight months away. There's no, you know, you don't have to start a movie's uh, promotional yeah. campaign. The hype train early. can remain in the station for a while longer. Yeah, you can, you can, and certainly I wouldn't be bothering until we're past Infinity War to be honest. <laughs> Wait until the Marvel movies are fucked off and then you've got free, you've got, you know, it's, it's you and X-Men Dark Phoenix, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that 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 would be my my thoughts. I mean, there is um, so just a very very bizarre trailer. And, can I can, really, I, can, I, can all... I posit a theory? Because I mean, Venom is one of those films that we have we have for quite a while still maintained a position that it possibly doesn't actually exist. And given that what what you know what we said before, and it was that joke that I, I nicked it off somebody on a forum, which is why I didn't just pretend it was my own, but that it looks like it's just been cut together from other Tom Hardy films. Are we sure it hasn't been? <laughs> he certainly claims to have filmed it. <laughs> yeah, people claim a lot of things. Listen, you know my position on all of this. These movies are all happening always, um, until they're not. And this one definitely feels like <laughs> it is happening. There is a trailer and everything. But it, but what um, it doesn't have is a marketing team. Um, <laughs> it's just, like, I just don't know why you wouldn't lead with the Spider-Man connection. Well, they... <sighs> I'm fairly sure. You know, this is a dark gonna... version of Spider Man. That's what the selling point of this film is going to be. No, I think you can do Venom without Spider Man. It's not necessarily the right idea, but I think. They're... Yeah, but they're not doing Venom without Spider Man, are they? Well, uh, are you sure? <laughs> well, yeah, because there's rumours that Tom Holland's going to be in it. Yeah, rumours. And they put the webbing kind of, you know, they give it a webby look when they do the logo at the end. I mean, I kind of think they're going to downplay any Spider Man connection here. Not least because. Like, they can't, surely they can't imply it's part of the MCU, right? Mm. I just, I, I mean, I'm not sure I agree with you that you can really do I think, we've talked about this before, I think in the Marvel Universe as it is now, you can do Venom without Spider-Man because he's established. Although even then, when they did that, they made him Flash Thompson. That's still a Spider-Man connection. I don't think in general you can really, I don't think, I think what makes Venom is worth doing without that Spider-Man connection. It's kind of like deciding to do the Joker without Batman. <laughs> Not that I'm trying to segue or anything, but fuck it, let's do it. Okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 come back to the third trailer. So apparently, Joaquin Phoenix is in talks to star in Todd Phillips' standalone Joker movie. So this is the one in case you've got your Joker movies mixed up. <laughs> this is the one that would not be in the uh, DCEU. It's this one that would be part of like a bespoke Warner Brothers imprint where they get to do more ambitious, uh, like director-driven movies. 
Uh, this would be directed by Todd Phillips, produced by Martin Scorsese. And apparently there is an agreement that if the movie gets the green light, that Joaquin Phoenix will play the Joker in the movie directed by Todd Phillips. And basically what we are waiting on now is Warner Brothers to decide whether they want to make it or not. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, you guys, that is the thing that I need to get interested in this movie. I'm now actively rooting for its existence so I can see so I can see Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker. Also, am I, am I alone here? I'm, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily looking forward to that specifically. Like it doesn't put me off. I do kind of think if the only barrier to getting this movie made now is whether Warner want to do it. I mean, is there a movie idea they don't want to do in the DC universe? <laughs> They well, say so you, yes to you would imagine You would imagine one of the things that would make them decide whether or not they want to do this or not is whether they're going to progress with their other Joker movie <laughs> plans, whether there is a Harley and Joker movie, whether the Joker is going to be part of Suicide Squad 2, I mean, whether whether they plan on bringing Jared Leto I was going to say, no disrespect to Jared Leto, but he was the shittest Joker there's ever been and I hope he never acts again. <laughs> and also... I. I I think it's also an enormous decision for Warner Brothers whether they start deciding to make movies featuring DC characters that aren't part of the DCEU. Because that would really be breaking with kind of everything that the studios are doing with their superheroes right now. And I'd, I'd like DC that to do that. I, I'm, I'm actively in favour of DC doing that at this point. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me yeah, me too. And I because but even this week we heard that Shazam is definitely part of the DCEU. There's no there's no like qualms about it. It is part of the DCEU. So if they decide to do this, it is kind of like it's a major decision in how they're handling the DC brand at Warner Brothers. So I do think I do think it, it is a big decision for Warner Brothers and, and Can I raise a point about Joaquin Phoenix that I'm not sure I've seen made in relation to this news? This film is supposedly going to be a prequel story set in the 1980s about the Joker's origin. Joaquin Phoenix is 43. (laughs) How old is the Joker meant to be in the present day if he only becomes the Joker when he's in his mid-40s? Well, no, it's a a movie that's set outside of all of the current continuity, so it could be... Well, why is it set in the 80s, then? But the point is, why does the Joker only become the Joker as a 40-year-old? That's weird <laughs> well yeah but presumably that's part of the story they're telling and if it's got nothing if it's what they said to begin with which is it's basically a scorsese inspired king of comedy kind of thing that it's you know it's kind of like as removed from dc law as you can get then it's just a bloke who becomes the joke I mean, i'm, I'm, I'm like... just looking up how old jack nicholson was when they made batman 89 and oh and yeah he was about yeah, 52 must... um yeah. <laughs> so. also kind of isn't like one of the Joker's origin is that he's like a comedian who went insane because he was failed or whatever. All it can take well, is one bad day. No, he was a one comedian whose whose pregnant wife gets electrocuted. But he's about he's about like twenty in that. He's really young. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you wanted to do a Joker with that background of being a you know failed comic or whatever, that's you know you could imagine him as a sort of Richard Herring type who has a very bad day. <laughs> 
Oh, that is honestly that is the best pitch we've ever had. Not in the pitch segment. <laughs> but <laughs> see, it's incredible. Now you've said that, that's reminded me of the other thing that that struck me about this news, which was that um, it kept being illustrated with recent photographs of Joaquin Phoenix, who appears to have turned into Adam Buxton. <laughs> Sorry, I now I'm just imagining Stuart Lee in the bat suit, and I can't get past that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Stuart, Stuart Lee that. is canon, so <laughs> canon in the DCU, right? He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He died in the most recent issue of Doomsday Clock. There you go. Um, Incredible. Well, you know, as as I've, but as as I've said before, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe that is the way they're going to go with the origin because because as I've said before, if the one thing the Joker really needs is is a, a thorough retelling of his origin. Um, <laughs> it's the one thing the character's always been missing. So. <laughs> I I don't know, like the when this was first announced, it it sounded like you know a bit of a pipe dream, probably would never happen. But because Martin Scorsese had given some kind of tacit nod to Todd Phillips, it might happen. Um, I Yeah, I can't say I'm particularly interested in watching Todd Phillips try and ape 80s-era Scorsese. <laughs> um, like, he's uh, he's not a director not a that, you'd, uh, that, you'd, that you'd put together with that idea, is, it, is he? <laughs> no, but I, I mean, like, fair play. If the, the guy has ambition and has a movie in mind... Um, I don't think he's a bad director by any stretch, but he's certainly not, you know, he's not proven himself in any genre other than, yeah. like, gross-out, wacky comedy. <laughs> so, that side of things I, I, doesn't move the needle for me at all. But honestly, as soon as you put the word Joker next to Joaquin Phoenix, I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I do want to see that. Is and... that just because Joaquin looks a bit like Joker? <laughs> Uh, you, no, put them, well, you put them yeah. next to each other; they flow together quite well. Um, I, I just, do you know, like if if they'd have said that Joaquin Phoenix was going to be taken over from Jared Leto as the Joker in the DCEU, that that would have made me equally interested. Just because he's one of those actors that I think you would get something unique from his take on the Joker. And unique in a good way, not in the Jared Leto way. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, um, yeah, but if, if they said Joaquin Phoenix is taken over from Jared Leto in the DCEU, that would mean that there is definitely never going to be another Jared Leto Joker movie. So who wouldn't would want be better, that? Yeah. You could substitute any name there. I just like the sound of this. I, there aren't... There aren't many actors that you could say to me, do you want to see this guy play the Joker? And I would say yes, but Joaquin Phoenix is one of them. I, I will grudgingly concede that, um, yeah, it's, you know, it would make me marginally more interested in this because Joaquin Phoenix is interesting and I like him and, and he's good at playing weirdos. But the second part of what you said there, yeah, I do feel kind of in a frame of mind at the moment where... I don't feel like I need to see anybody play the Joker for quite a good long while. <laughs> I don't know, just wash away that dirty taste of <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> that, yeah, but I did that. Nice. It was called going back and rewatching The Dark Knight and spending <laughs> two hours on a podcast talking about how amazing Heath Ledger was. That that worked That's fine true. for forgetting Jared yeah. Leto. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we'll see whether that happens. But I think it will be... If that does get the green light, it will be intriguing for what DC has planned. Um, and obviously, we know kind of all of all of these movies that were announced pre Justice League and kind of the fallout that happened at Warner Brothers when Justice League was released. Um, 
there's probably a lot of projects in development there that will never see the light of day and they're probably very carefully choosing which ones they want to uh, commit to because yeah that's going to massively shape the brand um I'm going to skip to another piece of DC news now, uh, which is that Michael Bay has apparently met with Warner Brothers about Lobo. Do you remember us talking that Lobo might be a movie, you guys? <laughs> what What might not be a movie? Like, every character, every DC character might be a movie. Yeah, I but ba- I barely remember us discussing the pos- possibility of Lobo, yeah. And Michael Bay <laughs> is... I mean... So, I don't, I don't know anything about Lobo. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How about you guys? But anytime I see a picture of him, I go, nope, pass. (laughs) (laughs) Not interested interested in that. (laughs) Well, the thing about Lobo was that, I mean, he wasn't created as this because he was actually... He, he was around in the 80s as just uh, a, a villain but then in the early 90s um and he basically he got he got a revamp and a redesign and he was redi- redesigned by Simon Bisley and if you know anything about comics you'll understand why he looks the way he does because of the fact that Simon Bisley um, drew him um and what they tried what they basically turned him into was a parody of 90s ridiculous over-the-top violent comics there's quite a lot of wolverine in there but like a piss take of wolverine um you know he has the healing factor thing of like you can you can reduce him he can regenerate himself from a drop of blood he'll he'll grow back um and for a while it kind of worked and he was mildly amusing but what i was talking about earlier with deadpool of, of jokes wearing thin like that definitely happened with lobo <laughs> and since then people have either tried to do the joke thing with him again 
and it hasn't really been funny because that time's gone or they've tried to play him straight and it works even less than if you try to play him funny and do it badly um, yeah so you know when i was like okay put the joker and joaquin phoenix together i don't care i'm interested um put lobo and michael bay together based on what you just said seb uh no thank you yeah. no to either of those options michael bay trying to be funny is that's what i was like, gonna say gouge guide your <laughs> eyes and ears out like awful. i'm speaking as someone who quite enjoyed transformers four and five nope james like no. <laughs> now i'll james, this is a different james, conversation james james what no no D- did you miss the bit in transformers four where optimus prime shot frazier uh, do you know what bit I did see in Transformers 4 where Michael J- Michael Bay tried to make an extended gag out of a kid explaining to his girlfriend's dad why it was cool that he shagged her while she was underage. Yeah. To the point Fair that point. he produced a laminated card from his wallet that proved that it was legally fine that he had sex with Mark Wahlberg's underage daughter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not defending... Specifically, I was going to say, I'm not defending. <laughs> I'm not defending uh, Michael Bay's sense of humor uh, because that's well, the one that. part of any Transformers movie that abys- like actively cannot be said to have succeeded on any level. Let's let's uh, shoot back to Transformers Two, where one of the oh, jokes was God. a character who had a wrecking balls for testicles. Oh, Jesus, um, and another two. Um, Racist robots who basically spoke in airplane Holy shit. for the entire movie. They were so bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Michael Bay and humour together would be real. Like, imagine Michael Bay directing Deadpool. Um, that's, but, so that's, yeah, they, that's, that's ba- that basically seems like what they're trying to do. If you wanted... <laughs> if they wanted, DC wanted to do their own Deadpool... Um, getting Michael Bay to do a Lobo movie almost feels like exactly the thing that, that <laughs> the, they would do. Exactly the mistake they would that. make. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, right, if this happens, Lobo will be fucking huge and make, like, 600 million at the box office. Like, that's what we're looking at, right? Because everything I, I, Michael Bay touches turns to gold. Well, apart from the last Transformers movie, interestingly enough, which kind of, it felt like just suddenly the world had gone, yeah, we've had enough. Um... And that's weird because five I, I, is really good fun. So I've, I've not actually seen five, so I, I will refrain from criticizing that movie specifically. <laughs> it has it has the watch that killed Hitler in it. Great. Um, <laughs> I do wonder about something like Pain and Gain, which I know a lot of people did quite like, um, but for me was just in such incredibly poor taste that even when I could kind of appreciate the comedic chops of. Yeah, and The Rock and Anthony Mackie. It was all just coloured with this, like, oh, I, I, it leaves a sour taste in the mouth. And uh, yeah, I just, I just can't, I can't see this with Lobo. And the, and the, the, the flip side of that is that, Seb, if they try and do the thing that you said other people try to do with Lobo, which is take the character and just treat him seriously. <laughs> I think I'm looking to that movie, even, looking forward to that movie even less even with less Michael Bay directing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I just hope this doesn't happen. Apparently, Michael Bay has gone in and at the moment, the scripts that exist would cost $200 million to make. And Michael Bay has <laughs> said, uh, well, yeah, if you can bring the budget down, 
we can make it but like for that amount of money it's it's not it doesn't make any sense but <laughs> a 200 million dollar lobo movie does not sound like a good idea <laughs> no that sounds like a very bad idea <laughs> and also the character has absolutely no name recognition at all like he's never there was a period where within comics he was mildly popular but you know we're not he's not a wolverine he's not even a deadpool he's um, about an ant-man i would say <laughs> yeah well, is it, but at least ant-man <laughs> sells the concept right yeah yeah it's in the name i'm trying yeah. to think what is the what is the biggest pun that a studio has taken on a character is it deadpool uh, no, it's not. Deadpool... No, no, because Deadpool did have a bit of recognition, particularly because of games and stuff he'd been in. Like, there was... and and he was in, and you know, he'd already been in X Men Origins mm. Wolverine. So even a badly done version of the character w- existed. I think it's Guardians, but even then, as you, again, if you're talking about, at least the name explains the concept. I would say um... Steel. <laughs> yeah, well, we're talking about a, a different era, there, <laughs> we, I guess. But yeah, if in the modern era, probably Guardians. Yeah, because just uh, no one outside comics would have known who the Guardians were before the film came out. I'm gonna put uh, I, I, I'm gonna put my foot down here and say for the first time, Lobo movie is not gonna happen. <laughs> we it's can but hope. <laughs> okay, um, let's go back to uh, another one of the trailers that debuted in the past week. Um, it's a brief one, this you guys. It's only thirty seconds long. We got another quick look at Infinity War because it was the one superhero movie that aired during the Super Bowl. Um, the best thing other than the football to come out of the Super Bowl was the Tide ads. I highly recommend you go and see them. Hopefully that's the same David Harbour that we see in Hellboy because the Tide ads were fantastic, you guys. Highlight of the Super Bowl. This was pretty good as well. This was pretty good. It was those characters you like doing things. Robert Downey Jr. told me that it's all been leading to this, so I mean, it sucks for, it sucks for Avengers 4, I guess, but everything's been leading to this. Uh, looks pretty cool still, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, can I make a bold prediction? Oh, I like bold predictions. They're my favourite type of predictions. Hawkeye's not in this movie. It, it's increasingly looking like that, isn't it? Like, what the fuck? And just, Where why, is Hawkeye? Why not even just a glimpse of him? Even if he is still retired and not actually fighting. Um, although, no, he's not retired. He came out of retirement for Civil War, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but, you know, even if he's retired again, just just show his face, at least. It feels weird. And it's like, is there a reason? Have they just forgotten? But it feels like, I, I don't know, it feels like a few times there has been stuff going on that, like, and I don't know what, I don't know whether this is just in the back of my mind, but I feel like a few times on Twitter I've seen people going, yeah, where's Hawkeye? And and not just this, but like in kind of like discussion around the film and like cast lists and stuff like that. It feels like he's a character who's been forgotten about. I mean, Nebula gets a hero shot in this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... That's weird. The thing is, the thing is, like Mantis is in the film, and if Mantis is in the film, anyone <laughs> could be in the film. Maybe though, maybe what it means is that there is you something keep going, going on about with Mantis Hawkeye being in the film. But yet. Mantis joined the Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Two, and the Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy are in this. Do you remember film? when so Nightcrawler joined the X Men at the end of X Men Two? 
<laughs> yeah, it's not really the same, is it? Yeah, because Nightcrawler was good in X-Men 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing about Hawkeye not being in this trailer, it just ma- and not being mentioned really at all so far, makes me wonder whether if there's something that they're hiding about Hawkeye that maybe... Maybe he gets possessed again. Yeah, that would, that would <laughs> Maybe he loses an arm. <laughs> Maybe he is old man Hawkeye now. I don't know. <laughs> who cares? Um, but, yeah. So, who knows where Hawkeye is. Everything else about this trailer, it just... It, it's, it's kind of all about the character pairings right now, isn't it? You know, it's like, oh, look, there is Spider-Man and Iron Man and Doctor Strange stood next to each other. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, look, there is Rocket Raccoon flying a little space pod while Groot plays his Game Boy or whatever he's playing. Hopefully a Game Boy. That would be apt for uh, Guns Galaxy. And Thor stands behind them. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of all that these trailers need to do at the moment. Is just show these characters you know walking alongside each other. Mm. Oh, look, there's Cap and uh, Red Sparrow. No, sorry, Black Widow and uh, Vision <laughs> walking together. Um Cap's got a cool new shield from Wakanda. It, they got that mana shield. They did get that mana shield. Not as cool a shield, I have to say. I like his. I like his. Well, not his original shield. His second shield. Um, but yeah, uh, this this movie's going to make all of the money, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to make all of my money. I mean, if, I, if, if if this movie was coming out on Valentine's Day, we would both be going to see it. No question. <laughs> I wonder whether... So, so obviously, like, uh, Age of Ultron didn't make the money that the first Avengers movie made. Um, in a way, Avengers Age of Ultron felt like the same thing as the Avengers again, just with, you know, a couple a couple of extra characters... I see. I mix. don't think this film should be called Avengers: Infinity War. What should it be called? Sir? It should just be called Marvel's Infinity War. It, this is not a, just a sequel to Avengers. Yeah, this is not it kind just of should just Avengers be called film. Infinity War, shouldn't it? It's about all it, of them. And who and who are the Avengers? Well, exactly, well that's right another thing. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there isn't an Avengers team. No, there is an Avengers team. It's just it's like War Machine and Iron Man. Not even Iron and Man. It's like Scarlet War Machine, Witch. Scarlet Witch, Vision, <laughs> Vision. Yeah, yeah. But that was the thing because they because they were the Captain America team. But then Civil War happened, so the ones that were left became the Tony Stark. Like, you know, the the end of Age of Ultron was uh, Captain America establishing that team, and then Civil War was yeah. Captain America losing that team. Um, but what all that goes to say is that this feels like mm-hmm. a it, it feels like a completely different proposition to the first two Avengers movies. Yeah, exactly. That's the what I mean. The first two it's... Avengers movies were here. Let's put these four to six characters together, and this movie is going here. Let's put these forty to mm. sixty characters together. The, the Avengers was let's bring together all of the stuff that we've done up to this point. Infinity War is let's bring together all of the stuff we've done up to this point, which includes the Avengers, but is not limited solely yeah. to the Avengers. Uh, I know that why they have called it Avengers because it is technically the third Avengers film. It is it's a branding thing, you know that is still the name that people will recognise. But I think you could get away with calling this Marvel Infinity War because, um, as I say, you know, it just it, it feels bigger than that and more important than that. But and so it does it does make Age of Ultron feel even less like an Avengers film, really. But then I also think <laughs> so Civil War should be an Avengers film, but hey ho. Well, yeah. Uh, so my prediction is that this, uh, once we have finished Phase 3, that uh, Avengers Infinity War will be the highest grossing Marvel movie. Yeah, um, I think so. Which is, to, which is to say that Avengers 4 will not outgross it. Hmm. 
um, whatever that is called. Because it, it, I, I feel like this, like it, it feels enough of something new. Yeah. The audiences are going to turn up for it in a big way that they didn't for Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. and the fourth one is going to feel like part two of this. Yeah, it, yeah. it won't be able to do what this did. There is only, there will only, in the way they only ever had one opportunity to do Avengers, which was let's unite all of these individual characters. This is the only time they'll ever be able to go for the first time. We are bringing together the Avengers team and the cosmic side of the universe and the mystical yeah. side of the universe. All these separate things that we've established, we're bringing them all together for the first time. That's apart the only time they'll have that ace up their sleeve, apart from apart Hawkeye. from Hawkeye. Well, maybe, maybe ah, well, maybe for the fourth film they'll be able to go. We're bringing together everything that we've done before <laughs> Everyone and Hawkeye. And Hawkeye. <laughs> but still, not the TV people. Never the TV people. <laughs> um, yeah, my one, my one and only caveat to all of that is if they nail the final five minutes of this movie to the point where you know it's not, it's not only the people who turn up and see this movie in cinemas have to come back. But anyone who missed the first one has to catch up before the next one comes out. You know, it has to be, like, truly spectacular, which... Like, it has to be, like, Matrix know, Reloaded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they have to have, like, a, a a secret weapon in their back pocket. I don't know, Hugh Jackman staggers onto screen or something. <laughs> uh, so, something like that. Um... Yeah, so Avengers Infinity War, uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, speaking of those TV people, um, Marvel got all of their major players together for a big class photo to celebrate <laughs> 10 years of the MCU. Guys, is uh, like I, I, I don't recognise everyone on this picture, but is anyone from the TV side of things... In this picture. No, because it's it's the Marvel Marvel Studio. It's not Marvel TV. Yeah, but so like, but even Clark Gregg was, it was yeah, kind it of was, like in in fairness, I mean, when Clark this photo Gregg was taken, more Marvel movies than most of the other. <clears throat> no, when when this photo was taken, Clark Gregg was at NYCC and they took the photo in Los Angeles, so that's why he's not in it. Right, I'm looking at the photo now. Is Haley Atwell in it? Yes, she is. Where is she? Uh, God knows, but she's the only one smiling. So. <laughs> Spot the Haley. Yeah. Okay, that's that's my next task. Oh no, he, uh, Paul Rudd's got a big smile on his face okay, right yeah. there. Paul Rudd. Yeah, but that's because he's smiling. like a competition winner. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I rewatched uh, Role Models because it showed up on Netflix this week, which is a thoroughly average movie. But Paul Rudd's Starbucks rant in that movie is uh, a thing of genius. And yeah, I would watch any bad movie with Paul Rudd. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, Marvel got together for their tenth anniversary. They've taken this picture. Uh, is there anything to get excited about? I don't know. No. Is, there, is there any? Is there an Easter egg in there? I thought they could have cleared up the shit, you know. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of wires on the ground and stuff, you know. Oh, I found Haley. She's next to Pom Clementine. There you go. Ah, good. I was just concerned that anyone who had been like who had made the leap over to TV. <laughs> well, Jamie Alexander, in. notably, oh, shit. the portal closed oh. behind her. I presume, yeah. again, because I'm just looking through it because I hadn't looked at it in detail, I presume neither Natalie Portman nor Kat Dennings are in it either. Nah. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? There is it's, a definite sense like... of certain characters don't exist anymore. <laughs> Were you in a film that came out or is coming out in the next few months? Uh, you were allowed in this picture. <laughs> were you Were you <laughs> actually part of that? Like, where's Ed Norton? <laughs> It's for me. It's one of those. I like. I get the. I get why they wanted to do it, 
but I think it becomes one of those things that you look at it and it's more notable by the absentees than who's yeah. actually. In I think, it. and I think that's and, what everyone ended up talking about: who's missing? Because it's the first thing you do is you go and look and see who's missing, and <laughs> what does that pointedly say? Oh God, I just spotted Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, he is in the MCU. I totally forgot. <laughs> so, what were they all actually there? Is that the is that the thing about this? Because yeah, so I if imagine they were. Yeah, nobody looks photoshopped in. Definitely. But if they were going to photoshop people in, they would have had in everyone they could have. That's right. Clark Gray. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. They got Joss Whedon back, looking pretty Probably rough, pu- pumping <laughs> in for DC secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what to say about this, but also I can't take my eyes off it. So they do it. They do it for the Oscars every year, don't they? And you're just like, oh, who sat next to who? I do. It's it, I, it's funny, isn't it? That there's kind of like, yeah, there's there's kind of no uh, hierarchy here, but there's definitely a sense of a hierarchy. I do like how you know, everyone like, looks miserable except for like Haley Atwell and Paul Rudd. It was like uh, John, it's like the photographer. John Favreau looks happy, but it's like he didn't John, say, you know, smile. Before he took the photo, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who looks happy. Favreau looks happy. <laughs> um, Brie Larson looks happy. Tom Holland looks happy. It's all of the people whose contracts still have multiple movies. <laughs> <later on. laughs> um, and uh, Goldblum and Waititi look sexy. <laughs> They're rocking some great poses on the back row. I love um, Benedict Wong's suit as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, Benedict I Wong mean, has Benedict... got a look about. I did not expect to ever be in this situation in my career. If you look at his career oh. up to this point, <laughs> Benedict Wong always dresses like that. Though he looks <laughs> fucking rad all the time. Frank Grillo just like stumbled in off the streets in his <laughs> ripped jeans. Uh, God, Joss Whedon does look rough, doesn't he? <laughs> just landed on him because <laughs> I'm scrolling across the the massive version of it. So you're going to get about four people on screen at any given time. So it's quite... All of a sudden, someone like Joss Whedon pops into view and it's like, ah! <laughs> oh, look, Hawkeye got in this one at least. So that's yeah. nice. Um, so <laughs> so uh, that was the MCU class photo. Uh, very nice. Uh, let's let's transition over to the small screen and the people who weren't allowed in that photo. Uh, this week we got the trailer for Jessica Jones Season 2. Um which is a Marvel TV show that I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, so I think we've we've discussed this before. I think all of us had kind of issues with Jessica Jones season one. And I think particularly kind of some of the missteps that the show made in its second season, uh, in its B-plots and also in some of the pacing and the silliness that came into things. Uh, but when I think back on the show, the things that I remember are Kristen Ritter's performance, mm-hmm. the general vibe, the kind of the psychological stuff with the Purple Man, the 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 kind of the way that it did really nail the trauma of Jessica's past experiences and I was gonna, yeah. the psychology of that character trying to break past that. Um, and in the same way that probably when I see a trailer for Luke Cage season two, not to the same extent as this, I think, but watching this, I was like, yeah, I can imagine, you know, a season two that is better than season one that kind of irons out some of those. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Zeroes like, in on Jessica as a character. It seems like there was scope to improve and maybe they have because the only time we've seen a second season so far has been Daredevil. And Daredevil yeah. season one was great. 
so it was kind of inevitable that the second might stumble a bit. Whereas this time, Jessica Jones season one was mostly quite good and then had some problems in the middle. I think it, from memory, it was kind of like episodes like eight through 11 or something like that. There was just, it, yeah. it kind of lost my interest. I didn't really care about the nuke stuff that was happening <laughs> on the sidelines. Uh, the the whole, the, the episodes with Kilgrave's parents and trapping him in the glass prison. I, I, I didn't think it really worked. And the fact that it took um, 13 episodes for someone to go, oh, let's put in some earplugs. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I am actually looking forward to this. And I say that as someone who's kind of the last two and a half seasons of Marvel Netflix TV that have come out, I have been, you know, completely bored to tears. By I mean, I've got, um, I've got two things to say about this trailer specifically. The first is that the reason I feel like I'm looking forward to this is because I went back and watched Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 on Netflix between <laughs> this and season one. And it turns out Kristen Ritter is a much better comic performer than I gave her credit for. James, do you remember all the way up to the first season of Jessica Jones coming out and you were like, she just looks like some emo girl and like that's not what Jessica Jones should be. And I was like, yeah, but Kristen Ritter is really good yeah. though, honestly. Well, you she were correct. She is really good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward... Because that's the one thing kind of coming out of season one that I'm like just convinced by that, yes, I want to see Kristen Ritter play this character. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it on that level. Also, the thing that interests me is that they they did essentially all of the first season of Alias in... The first series of Alias, sorry, in Jessica Jones season one. So they're essentially being given a blank slate here to come up with their own story. Because, um, mm. you know, they can't go to future Jessica Jones comics because in the, the, though she's married to Luke Cage and pregnant and in the Avengers. So it doesn't really work. Um, and it seems like the Jessica Luke <clears throat> thing was something to kick off season one of Jessica Jones, but not really anything that they want to do long term, given what they've done with that character. No, since. quite. Not least because he needs to stay separate for his own series. So yeah. it kind of, from the trailer, it kind of looks like they're going to be investigating her origins in some way, which is something the comics never really did. Uh, well, I mean, the comics did. has that one issue, doesn't it? Yeah. Alias has that one issue. Two, where... it's two-parter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's not, like a, it's not like a major story. And the the first season of Jessica Jones kind of hinted at Well, that that's the thing. They've seen, through the MCU... Uh, TV shows through the Netflix shows, I should say. Sorry, they've they've seeded the idea of this company called IGH, which I think has been involved with Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage's origins. Right. Like I think I may be making this up. I think IGH were the people who were transporting the chemicals that that you know got Matt Murdock. Is this? Is this a different company to the company that was giving Nuke the pills at the end of Jessica Jones season one, or is that the same company? Uh, I think it's the same company. Okay, right. So we'll, we'll, we're hopefully going to move on from mysterious ninjas to mysterious <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I'll welcome that. Uh, James, the one thing that I liked about the trailer was the... There was a couple of shots of it. Jessica, um, like, finding a piece of art in the back of a... <laughs> it was like a canvas print in the back of a van and it is very clearly like a Michael Gados piece of art yep. that would look at home on the front 
on you know on the cover of a alias comic. Um, oh, so hang on, was it was it Gados or because um, the alias covers are? Oh um, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah no, you're David right, Mack, yeah. yeah, of course, David Mack, yes. That, and that is what I meant, but I don't know comics well enough to remember these things. Uh, yeah, um, and it, but it's it's very clearly Chris and Ritter in the pictures, um, mm-hmm. and it and, and it looked really cool. And I was like, oh, I like that. Yep, I like that a lot. Uh, so yeah, that's and that show is not too far away now. It's March, March the eighth. Yeah, yeah. It feels like this because we've got. I mean. The first batch of Marvel Netflix shows felt like they were all like the dates were so important, but we're now at the point where Netflix releases so much original content <laughs> and there is so much superhero TV that a show like Jessica Jones can almost sneak up on us. And it's like, oh, it's out in a month. And I go, oh, cool. Yeah, we'll watch. <laughs> Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and hey, speaking of superhero TV sh- TV shows sneaking up on us, seeing as I'm probably not going to be on the Black Panther episode, I think by the next time I'm on an episode, the tick will have come back. Seb, let's commit to this now. We're doing a tick <laughs> bonus episode. Yeah. We'll, we'll properly dig Can't into wait. the... Because fu- I'm going to re-watch the first half of that season before I watch the second half, so... I, I am not a um, TV show goes online on a service and I immediately binge it type person. Um, <laughs> if, if I binge, it's because I'm catching up on something. Um, and usually I'll, I'll draw things out, but um, I will, I'll be watching those six episodes within a few days <laughs> of the 23rd of February. Okay, uh, very final piece of news now... Um, and this is, speaking of things that have snuck up on us that we didn't really know existed, um, there is a new Kick-Ass Comics coming out. It's Comics Corner, you guys! Uh, <laughs> comics Corner, there is, uh, yeah, Kick-Ass 3? Is that what it's going to be called? Or is no, it there a was already a Kick-Ass 3. There was already a Kick-Ass 3. It's just oh, being shit, called okay. Kick-Ass. Um, it's easy to forget that there, that there was a Kick-Ass 3 because Kick-Ass 2 was so bad that nobody really paid attention to Kick-Ass 3. And Kick-Ass 3 wasn't great, but it was a lot better than Kick-Ass 2 and was basically what Kick-Ass 2 should have been um, rather than yeah, getting horribly diverted into all the stuff that Kick-Ass 2 actually did Yeah uh, yeah, I, I never want to read that comic to be honest with you <laughs> um, So it's like a reboot where it's the Kick-Ass world and I imagine some of the characters but it's got a new lead yeah, because the I mean, spoilers for anyone who is ever going to read it, but but Kickass Three ended with Dave joining the police, um, so you know it's it's it very definitely that story is over and that character is squared off. Um, I quite like that ending. Just, uh, that's just one conceptually, of, it's one of I never the, knew that. I was like, yeah, that's nice. It's one of the things that makes Kickass Three actually, as I say, much better than Kickass Two, and like. Oh, that makes sense as a if this and Mark Miller said I don't know if I believe him, but Mark Miller said that's always where he intended the character to end up, and it makes sense. It, it does work as a oh okay, that's what you were leading towards. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So th- and this new version, the lead character is going to be a, a single mum in her thirties. Is that yep? Yeah. Is that the deal called Patience Lee? Okay, and I, I guess we don't need to dig too much into like the actual content of the comic. I guess that's going to speak for itself once it makes its way out into the world. The thing that caught my eye about this was Mark Miller and uh, Tessa Thompson, who obviously listeners will 
be aware of uh, after she played Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok. Um, they were kind of tweeting back and forth about how great it would be for Tessa Thompson to play this character in a big screen version. It's normally the kind of news that I go, yeah, okay, I'm sure you would both love for that to happen. Um, But it won't. When Mark Miller's involved, I I kind of like that that huckster instinct. You think he's going to find a way to make that happen, isn't he? (laughs) Or it already is happening and they just haven't announced it yet. They're just trying to build some buzz for it. I'm sure Ava DuVernay is going to tweet an announcement that it's happening any day soon. Despite it being nothing to do yeah, with I mean, the movie she's making. <laughs> the thing with Mark Miller is, like, people in the movie industry listen to him because he's got a lot of... Uh, what, what do you want to say? He's got a fairly reliable track record of turning comics into movies that then make money. Mm. Yeah. And... I mean, it's worth, yes, it's worth pointing no one out... No cared about Kick-Ass 2, <coughs> really, when it came out. And Kick-Ass was a movie that needed Matthew Vaughan to pick up the rights and kind of Mm -hmm. find the funding himself to make that movie. But I think that Kick-Ass has enough cultural resonance that most of the first movie kind of cut through enough that I think that that character has some cachet. Um, And we're now much deeper in a a kind of like culture that is obsessed with superheroes that I, I think you could... And, you know, like, kind of in the wake of all of the news this year and kind of the cultural movements we've seen coming out of Me Too, rebranding a recognisable superhero with a female black lead, you know, Tessa Thompson playing that character, I could see that working. And, I like, if I'm a movie exec and I play the part, you know, once every fortnight on this podcast <laughs> when I'm doing the pitch, I'd be saying... Yeah, green like that. I mean, this is like... Are you busy? Can you make this instead of Kingsman 3, maybe? This is the thing about Mark Miller, which is that this reboot kind of feels like he's gone, oh, well, I've got a piece of IP that I've already burned because I said I'm not making any more (laughs) kick-ass. However, there's a movement about female leads and, you know, racial diversity in superheroes. I can hop on this bandwagon with my kick-ass character who I don't really want anymore like it like everything mark miller does there is a cynical edge to it it's not to say it's bad or that it's a bad thing but it is like for a guy who makes money out of chasing like the most obvious idea and then calling it like his own original thing listen uh, honestly in a in a in a world like the one we live in it in the world we live in uh it it i've always thought it takes capitalism <laughs> to make these yeah, social movements yeah. work and honestly now hopefully black panther is about to make all of the money and and wonder woman we know made all of the money we've got this this social movement that is you know, dominating the conversation right now. Well, they, like, this is kind if of my point. If someone like Mark Miller identifies that and goes, because of that, I want to make a movie where a black female character is now kick-ass. Fucking great. Yeah, well, this, like, like, this yes, was kind he... of going to be my point, which is that if Mark Miller has identified that as a way to make money and become more famous, that's Do that's it. ultimately a good thing, because that, like... He does not hop on a bandwagon that is headed for a gorge. Yeah, we're not. We're, we're, 
you're never going to see this kind of lasting representation unless there is a way to make money out of it. And uh, yeah, so hopefully now there is a way for rich white blokes <laughs> to make money out of it. And then hopefully those rich white blokes in a, in a generation's time won't all be rich white blokes because of stuff like this. Um, yeah, so let's, I just, again, I, I kind of feel like this is a movie I'm going to see. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just something about this this story that passes the smell test, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I can see that happening. So that was comics corner. Um, I've got a I've got a very quick piece of news that I think we should mention ooh. as well. Not not Go about me, it. like uh, you know, comics related. Um, Surprise news! Has anyone noticed that the Wolverine: The Long Night trailer is now out? No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> this is. Stitcher Premium's uh, Wolverine um, yeah. <laughs> serialized fictional podcast. It's basically like it's it's a podcast what? version of when Dirk Mags did those uh, Death of Superman and Batman Nightfall Radio One uh, audio dramas in the nineties. Yep. It's a Wolverine it's... audio drama with Richard Armitage playing with Wolverine. Richard Armitage's Wolverine, yeah. Which makes it even more like uh, one of the old BBC ones, and the fact that they've actually got a British actor <laughs> yeah. to do it. Wait, and they and they want me to pay for this? Well, they want people who pay for Stitcher Premium to listen to it. Is it only available on Stitcher Premium? I believe, initially oh. at least, it's only <laughs> on Stitcher that, Premium. <laughs> well, <laughs> quite. Listen, it, Good luck getting listeners thing. on that. <laughs> here's the thing, guys. These podcasts are a flash in the pan. They'll never work. And, <laughs> and imagine, I also think listen, that... Um, imagine sitting, sitting down to hear some idiots huddled around a microphone. I think, I think, I think, I think that stuff. scripted, uh, dramatic audio podcasts are, are definitely a terrible idea. And, you know, <laughs> you should do that, As was a podcast. Especially not with comedy in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I I think that will probably pass me by if I have to <laughs> if I have to part with money. I, li- I listened to the trailer. If it was a podcast I could have d- downloaded for free, I would probably have given it a go. Um, but yeah, no. Hey, John Ronson re- released his latest book as a free podcast, and that's fantastic. Everyone should listen to Wait, that. Wait, did he? What? I've forgotten the name, but it's really good. The butterfly. Oh yeah, that's not is, a book. Uh, it's just a podcast. No, but it was like it's an audio book essentially. I guess so. Yeah, it's it's. I've listened to some of John Ronson's audio books, and there is no discernible difference between his standard audio books and the Butterfly Effect. Fair enough. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, and I didn't have to pay for that. And if John fantastic. Ronson did a Wolverine podcast, I would be all over it. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Love me some John Ronson. Um, okay, so Wolverine podcast that none of us will ever. Listen to. <laughs> Um, I might do it now just to prove you wrong (laughs) James if you pay for Stitcher Premium (laughs) you are not allowed to take that at the page (laughs) no wait should should, should we be criticising Stitcher Premium how do we get Stitcher Premium to pay us to do a podcast yeah actually we are fully behind this idea (laughs) and Stitcher we love everything you do to to quote Joe Cunningham on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or your podcast app of choice. We did stop no, no, saying I Stitcher, it. yeah. I did, yeah. yeah no. I, cut it, I cut it from the last episode, and I'm never turning back. No, fuck Stitcher. Um, <laughs> this sounds terrible. Okay, um, <laughs> that is it for this week's podcast. There's no pitch this week, because this is a minisode following a minisode. Um, but we'll be back later this week with our Black Panther episode, um, 
basically as soon as we can bring it to your ears. I'm excited. We're all excited. Uh, but no one is more excited than Amon. Um, so, yeah. That episode will be coming later in the week. Um, shall I do all of the normal... Yeah, it's still an episode. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah, know what it. I'm titling this as. The listeners, yeah. you'll know before I do now what what this episode's seven, been called. Point seven five, I think probably. <laughs> yeah, will that work? We could just keep or point five point five. Wow. Okay. So yeah, don't forget that the next episode we'll be talking about Black Panther. Um, if you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on Overcast, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Which if you are going to leave us a review. Yeah, well, no, no, it won't. <laughs> if you do want to leave us a review, do that over on Apple. Uh, I have deleted my app because it was started being crap, but we still do do want the reviews over there. That would be fantastic. Um, and if you want to support us, you can do that by heading to patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe, which we will not be spending any of those funds to listen to a Wolverine podcast. <laughs> um, you can find more episodes of the show at cinematicuniverse.com. You can get in touch via Facebook uh on Twitter at cine underscore verse or send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in less than a week. Goodbye. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.